0: The industry has known we needed to balance divider block systems since the 60s and 70s. We were told by Lincoln. We were told by Trayvon. If you get up to 1,500 psi, then you need to just install a balancing valve on the low pressure points to equal the high pressure points.
1: Welcome to the Gas Compression Podcast. This is the only podcast out there for professionals working in the gas compression industry. Each week, we'll be bringing you interviews and discussions with some of the leaders in the industry to discuss the latest trends and what the future holds. If you're working in the gas compression industry and have always wanted to sit down with the leaders in, the, in our field to pick their brain, this show is your chance. This episode is brought to you by DISCO. That stands for Diversified Industrial Services Company. We recondition and repair gas compressor cylinders and all their components, as well as rotary screw compressors. If you're looking for a top-notch partner for compressor repair needs, then give us a call 806-274-2214 or visit us online at disco-inc.com. Well, welcome back to the gas compression podcast this is a first we are live on location i am with curtis roys of patent lubrication systems in his i guess i'd call it a laboratory in fredericksburg what do you call this place
0: we can call it a training center but it is a laboratory also okay
1: well it's it's very very impressive and curtis has been on the podcast before and we're going to talk today about something that he has stumbled upon that involves what we would call the heart of the compressor, the, the heart and the blood of a compressor, the lubrication system and the lubrication.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's been an interesting ride.
1: Yeah. Well, kind of tell me what sparked <clears throat> it one before we get into what it is. You, you kind of stumbled upon something recently and what, what happened?
0: About 20 months ago, we were on a compressor for one of our customers a new compressor, and we just put a loop system on it, the force feed divider block system, and we couldn't get the proximity switch to blink correctly. Now, understand that proximity switches, there are two different kinds, and whether it be a ProFlow or a DNFT, or whether it be a Kinco proximity switch, they all work the same, they're spring-loaded. And so with spring-loaded proximity switches and are no flow devices when we normally put those on and we can't get them to blink or send a switch closure to the control panel we will tell the people well just adjust it adjust it back a little bit put a dime width or nickel between it and once it starts blinking then just tighten the set screws down and then you'll be fine well that was with past no flow devices and proximity switches that are spring-loaded And now the field-sensitive proximity switches are in the industry, and they don't require springs, nor do they put anything in that contacts the piston. So the piston has to come close enough to the field-sensitive proximity switch for an enable to send a pulse to the control panel. So we went to the latest technology and we were having problems trying to get the proximity switch, the field-sensitive, to send a switch closure. Now we noticed on the compressor that as long as the compressor was unloaded, the proximity switch worked fine. And But then when it was loaded to 1200, 1500 PSI, the proximity switch stopped working. And so I called my manufacturer and said, there's something wrong with your proximity switch. So you, you have a quality control problem. And they said, well, what's happening? And I told them, that it wasn't switching. And so we talked about 45 days and they finally sent me a jig to test. I keep about 500 proximity switches in stock. So we tested every proximity switch and every one of them were perfectly manufactured. Every one of them switched at exactly the same length and then we were perplexed. We couldn't figure out why was this proximity switch perfect, all of them? And when we put it on a compressor, on some compressors, not all of them, they would send a switch closure sometimes and sometimes they wouldn't. Then we started analyzing, trying to diagnose what was taking place. And Charlie Hughes, who's our one of our lead techs in the field, I call him my brainiac because he actually is a genius. He started looking at this and noticing that whenever you would add pressure to the divider block system, the switch would stop blinking. And then whenever you take pressure off of the divider block system, the switch would blink. Well, the piston has to come within about 30 thousandths of the end of the field sensitive proximity switch to make it send a switch closure because the magnet inside has to draw itself towards the piston and through the testing of about three months we figured out that the divider blocks at differential pressures for example if you've got 150 psi it takes to get lubrication into the packing gland and 500 psi to get into the cylinder and then the other packing gland and higher pressure on the third stage cylinders we found that the divider block pistons are short-stroking and are not dispensing the quantity of oil that we've always thought they had. I mean, did you test all kinds of, all different manufacturers of we, we purchased divider blocks from every manufacturer and we tested all the blocks. So this isn't pointing fingers at any manufacturer's divider blocks. This is saying that every divider block force feed system in the industry is affected exactly the same by differential pressure, which simply means the divider block pistons that are working against higher pressure will not stroke as far in the bore of the block itself. And so it reduces the amount of lubricant that goes into the injection point.
1: What do you think the percentage is? If you just to take a number out there as far as what people... What what what's that percentage off that people are not getting lubrication?
0: The percentage depends on the differential pressure. Interestingly enough, at 200 psi, we'll see about oh a 15 percent drop in output of the divider block piston. But if we go to 500, we'll see 30 to 40 percent drop. And Michael, that's a large amount. And so. We continued this and I called Bill Taylor, my friend for many years, who is uh, retired from General Electric. He's a compression engineer. And I asked him if Gemini or General Electric or any any of the people he'd ever worked with had ever tested the output of the divider block. And his answer was no. So I asked other people in the industry that manufacture divider blocks if they'd ever tested the output of the divider block? And they said, yes, we have. And I said, under what circumstances? In a laboratory, under controlled, under exactly the same pressure, the divider block put out the correct amount of oil. But talking five out of five people that I've discussed this with, not one person has tested the output of the divider block system on the compressor at the injection point with the compressor running and fully loaded. And the key is running and fully loaded because that's when- The pressure changes. That pressure changes on each one of those pistons and that's when they've got a problem.
1: And you, you can do that. I mean, that's, that's something that you're doing now. You're, you're going out into the field, you're hooking your equipment up, and you are testing.
0: We can prove to anyone in the industry exactly how much oil is going into each one of their injection points with the compressor running. And that's how we've brought many people- to understand there is a problem. We were at one company about 45 days ago that had eight compressors in line. And they asked us to start testing the output of the the divider blocks. And we were down 30 to 35%. It was a single stage compressor on the cylinders. But then we discovered, because we monitor pressure through Bluetooth pressure transducers that we had higher pressure on two of the packing glands and the one with the highest pressure had less oil going into it than the one with the lower pressure. So the divider block assembly is absolutely affected by differential pressure and it is absolutely not injecting the amount of oil that we've thought for 60 years. So let me ask a dumb question. Why in the world has this not been brought to
1: light? I mean, you know, in, on, on, on the shop side that I'm in, you know, people burn up rings. They burn up packing. And they may do that a couple of times. And it just seems like the cycle continues until there's a major crash. And then there's finger pointing and all this. But why, why haven't these been tested? Why, why, why is this just
0: now coming to light? Shame on the industry. Shame on Curtis Roy's because we never thought about testing the amount of oil that's coming out of the block, going into the cylinders and packing with the compressor running under pressure. We have tested them in the shop every way you could think of, but never actually working. But in defense of everyone in this industry, we didn't have the technology. Technology is now available. We have developed technology in-house to be able to test the output of each divider block piston with a compressor running fully loaded. And that's how we discovered this.
1: Really, it's a technology thing.
0: It's, it's a technology thing. It's 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 not, we didn't, we had no technology to be able to do this for years. And now in the 20th century, we're moving into the 21st century and we have that technology now. Well,
1: I hope you'll make some videos to everyone listening. I, I got a kind of a sneak peek at something he's got going on in his, in his training facility down here. And you can't argue with it. He sets up his system and runs it and you put more pressure or less pressure and you can see the change in real time. In fact, he pulls out his phone and he's got it on Bluetooth and you can see the pressures and it's really impressive. And so it seems like now that we're in this age that we have all of this technology, we're starting <laughs> to shed some light on what may have been a problem for 60 years.
0: It's, it's been a problem all along. We just didn't know it. And so in the industry right now, here's the big thing. The industry right now is on a goal to reduce oil consumption. And they're wanting to reduce oil consumption by reducing the consumption of the divider block system. And I'm all for that. And I can guarantee if I design a system for a compressor, I can reduce the oil consumption and it'll be okay. Okay but only if that divider block system is working against equal pressure every piston. If you have differential pressures, you cannot reduce uh, lube oil consumption because what's going to happen is you're going to say, I want to reduce it 30%, and you've already got it reduced by 20 or 30% on one of the highest injection points. Now you've reduced it 60%, and you're going to burn stuff
1: up. So how do people out there that are in charge of managing these systems. What do you do to make that differential pressure equalize?
0: The industry has known we needed to balance divider block systems since the 60s and 70s. We were told by Lincoln, we were told by Trayvon, if you get up to 12, 1,500 PSI, then you need to just install a balancing valve on the low pressure points to equal the high pressure points and so we did this but we quickly found out that whenever you did this when the compressor started and you had higher pressure on the packing gland it received less oil. So the industry has traditionally just balance and when I say balance we're equalizing the pressure. On the low pressure points, and they're guessing at it. Many compressor manufacturers will put a relief valve, a new pro relief valve, or who's ever relief valve, it's like a little quarter inch stainless steel relief valve, and they set the opening pressure of that at the factory. And then they install them on there, and the compressor sent out to the field. The problem is, is they're just balancing and guessing what that pressure is going to be once it reaches out there. And the truth is, nobody knows what that pressure is going to be when that compressor is running and broke in, and so the guessing ends up putting way too much or not enough pressure on the low-pressure side, but they forget about balancing the high-pressure side. And so this is really simple. Every pump, liquid pump in the industry, has an efficiency chart, a performance chart, if you will. that performance chart says this pump will pump X amount of fluid to atmosphere. Let's just say it'll pump 20 gallons a minute to atmosphere. And, but if you get to 100 PSI, then it's going to go down to 17 gallons a minute. And then if you get up to 500 PSI, it's going to drop to 7 gallons a minute. So, that's a positive displacement pump, right? What do you think these divider blocks are? These divider blocks are single line, progressive, positive displacement pistons. And we've never thought about, wait a minute, we've got three pumps working in the same manifold, and we're thinking they're gonna put out exactly the amount of oil that the manufacturer tells us whenever they're working against differential pressure, or instead of working against 500, we're working against 1,000. So, somehow we've missed that common sense that the divider block is a positive displacement pump and it cannot put out the same amount of oil at a thousand pounds as it can at two hundred pounds. The PSI differential is there, it's clear, it's proven, and anyone that comes to our facility will let them watch it be done. They can bring their own divider blocks. I welcome anybody. Bring your own divider blocks here to the training center and we'll put your blocks on test. Okay. And so that way people say, say, well, you've done something to your blocks. Bring bring your blocks. We want, we want you to bring your blocks. Because we've proven this and the industry has to realize that's where our wear's coming from on the rain rods packing and the cylinders is from these divider blocks, not dispensing the correct amount of oil.
1: What has been the general consensus or reaction as, you, as you've been talking to, to people in the industry about this?
0: Oh gosh, let me just start 20 months ago. 20 months ago, they were having problems, one of my, one of the manufacturers, and uh, with the lubrication systems, they couldn't keep them online. They kept ruining, destroying no flow devices, whether it be the DNFT or the ProFlow or the proximity switch, they kept breaking springs in these. And they had continued having compressor shutdowns. So they asked us to come and look at what what they were doing. We found out, for the same reason I just explained, that the system wasn't balanced. We put new blocks on it. We balanced the system. And 20 months later, 54 compressors, have no problems with lube no-flow shutdowns. They have no wear problems. And then they told one of their other customers, this is in Farmington, New Mexico, that their compressors were staying online. And this other major oil company called us and said, can you do the same thing to our compressors as you did to theirs? So we went to Farmington and we did six of their compressors. That was 12 months ago and they've never had a lube no-flow shutdown, and nowhere in their compressor rings, rods are packing. I go one step further. Another company that we put three lubrication systems on, we're in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in their overhaul shop, and uh, they brought the compressors out, and the uh, supervisor called me and said, it looks like these cylinders are under-lubricated, they're dry. And I said, I don't, that can't be possible because I designed these systems for the correct amount of oil. This is before we found out about differential pressure short-stroking. So we put together a conglomeration of stuff to test the oil going into the cylinders, and sure enough found out this is a two-throw, three-stage compressor with the third stage closest to the frame and the highest pressure. And we balanced that system, and they told us they had fought the problems with that third stage cylinder, rings, rods, and packing for 10 or 12 years, and they never could figure out why it was having premature wear. So they rolled that cost, it's a contract rental company, they rolled that cost into their operational cost because they knew it was going to fail. And now here we are, we are 17 months later, and there's no wear whatsoever on that third stage rings, cylinder, rods, or packing. And it's only because we designed the system and balanced. So the divider block is working against equal pressure. And the key is if you put three positive displacement pumps that have the same performance curve and every one of them are discharging fluid at the same pressure, then the same amount of fluid's gonna come out of them. That's what we've done to the divider block. All we've done is equalize the pressure on each piston, and now they put out exactly what they're manufactured to do.
1: When you say you go in and you balance the system, what does that look like?
0: Oh, uh, the balancing system, that we've we have two different styles of balancing valves. Both of them have patent pendings on them, but all we do is we put back pressure. Let's just say we've got three lubrication points. One's on the packing, two are on the cylinder. The packing has an injection pressure of 300 pounds. And I'm talking about the lubrication system getting into the packing gland. And the cylinder has injection, it takes 700 pounds to get into the cylinder. Then we just, we install a back pressure valve, if you will, on each one of those lubrication points. And we adjust that back pressure valve where every one of them are seeing exactly the same pressure. Now the divider block is pumping against the same pressure and it absolutely will put out the correct amount of fluid. And so it's fixed the problem. And we've done this for 20 months. I've got one customer that's got about 60 compressors rebalanced and redid all their compressors in the last 20 months. They have no no-flow shutdowns. They don't break any springs in their digital no-flow devices. and They're not having the wear they had for years. So we're going to document on these other three compressors. All the numbers will be out and we'll have documentation on exactly what the wear is because they're getting ready to tear them down again. But And understand, this was a fluke that we accidentally found, and now we've got to correct it.
1: So how many many compressors do you think you've done this to in the last 20 months?
0: Oh, gosh. Well over 150, well over 150, that we've balanced. And the great thing about it is, they never have any problems after we balance their systems. They stop problems with lube no flow. And now there's a company right now out here that is, uh, well, everybody wants to, re- wants to reduce l- fluid or oil consumption, and they have polymers that they feel are superior to other companies polymers i'm talking about rings crazy. rider bands packing and they're wanting to reduce the lubrication rates and they absolutely can but they have to know that those lube rates are going into that cylinder and you can't just go out and try to reduce lube rates if you don't know how much oil is going into the lubrication points because you're going to burn something up
1: how long once a lubrication system's on balance and running, how long should that run by itself before it needs to be changed out?
0: Well, the key to having your divider block force feed system last reliably and increase the in longevity is balancing it. Once it's balanced, the pistons aren't slapping back and forth and they're not hitting the end plugs, so they're not scoring, and so that system could last three to five years. But let me just say this. A set of packing, this argumental number, is $1,000 to $2,200 for a set of packing. Your compressor's down. So why would you not just replace the divider blocks? Once a year, divider blocks are $96 a piece. So you're spending $300 if you have a four-throw compressor. You're spending $300 on the left side and $300 Three hundred dollars from right, you've just spent six hundred dollars to ensure that the amount of oil is correct and in going into those loop points. So you've just saved that set of packing that you were going to have to replace or rings, whatever the case may be.
1: What do you see as kind of the standard out in the, out in the field? People replacing it. I mean, they 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 have these failures or they go through and do maintenance, but they don't ever they don't ever look at the divider block system.
0: The saddest the saddest thing in the world is contract compression companies. And our compressing operators will replace rings rods packing cylinders put that compressor back together and they don't do anything to the only piece of equipment that keeps those lubricated the divider block system they'll leave it just like it is they start it up they look at the pressure gauge the pressure gauge is moving and go well we've got oil going to all the lube points and then the next thing you know they've got packing or rod failure because they didn't upgrade the lubrication system. So what it amounts to is the doctor came in and he said, we're gonna rebuild your body and we're gonna give you new heart, lungs. We're gonna give you new bones. We're gonna give you new muscles. Do you want us to put a new heart in there while we're in there? Or do you want us to leave your old heart? What would you tell him, Michael? I'd say, like, give me the new heart. That's exactly right. Yet we're gonna rebuild that compressor we're going to rebuild the bones and the muscles but we're not going to put a new heart in there to make sure the bones and muscles receive the correct amount of lubrication and our blood you see what's happening yeah we failed ourselves the industry has failed ourselves and the sad part about it is the amount of money for a loop system is nothing compared to replacing a cylinder on the compressor what
1: should you do i mean if you do have an overhaul and you're replacing you get a cylinder sprayed and you get the piston rod new packing rings, riders. What should you do upon getting ready to start that thing back up to the loop system?
0: Oh, you should always upgrade the loop system. First of all, number one.
1: What let, do you mean by upgrade? B- upgrade means like put, new divider, put new
0: divider blocks on. You need to replace the check valves. You know, and, it, because, and you need to replace the pump because the pump has to force the oil through the divider blocks. The divider blocks have, the pistons have to force the oil into the cylinders. And the check valves, have to keep the gas out of that system. Because if gas migrates up into the system, there's no oil going into the lubrication point. But the main thing is whenever you, before you start that compressor up, is you always take a purge gun and you loosen every point on every lubrication point on the the packing and the cylinders. And you start pumping that purge gun until oil comes out of every lubrication point out of the end of the tubing then you tighten the tubing on the check valve now you know you have oil in the system when when you start it up you'll know that you have oil injected into the loop points where i asked you earlier
1: about this but if you don't do that and you had a four foot tubing line
0: well this you, is and my, you
1: hook a cylinder back up this is a shocking statistic
0: my pet peeve my pet peeve let's let's just say someone had a check valve go out well if a check valve goes out, the first thing it does is it forces gas into the stainless steel tubing line and it gets up into the divider block. When it gets into the divider block, it locks the block up because you've airlocked it. And now the operator will re- take the tubing loose and he'll go get a check valve and he'll put the check valve back into the injection point And then he connects the tubing, 12 inches, a quarter inch stainless steel tubing from a number six divider block with a 20 second cycle time will take 17 minutes before any oil is injected into the lubrication point. You can multiply that times four and all of a sudden, how long do you have? You've got an hour and eight minutes before that lubrication point is receiving any lubrication because you have not purged that line totally of the gas that was in it and filled it full of oil.
1: Even though the pressure, even though you're looking at the pressure switch and thinking, oh, the the pump's running, so we're good. We've got lubrication. Absolutely,
0: you're gonna have a pump. You're gonna have the pressure gauge on the system showing pressure. You're gonna have the cycle indicator on the divider block moving, but you're not gonna have any oil in that tubing line. And so now you're gonna sit there and run 30 minutes to an hour with no lubrication. And people wonder why. The packing gland fails again. The rod goes out. The cylinder goes out, and they go, well, you know what? We just just had this cylinder relined. We just had this cylinder resprayed, and so we need to carry it back to them. There's false spraying, but did they ensure oil went into that lubrication point? The answer is 90% of the people out there do not purge their systems and ensure the tubing lines are full before they start that compressor up. And that's what's killing the industry so
1: what is on the 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 plate for for patent in 2023 i know you're you've just discovered and trying to get out there that this differential pressure issue is creating a situation in which systems are not lubricating to what they think that we think they are so what are you doing this year to try and get that word out to try to get in front of people
0: We're advertising, but advertising doesn't really get to everybody. We train classes, and every class I've trained from every compression operator that's come in here that has seen. Now, the stuff you've seen today is all new because it proves the point. You can't, you don't just tell someone. We prove to them, and then they're shocked. Now they know why they have their reliability and longevity or their compression wear components has reduced significantly. So what we've done and what we're doing right now is we have designed and we're patenting new components for the divider block lubrication system. And we're calling it Patents 2023 Evolution of Divider Block Force Feed Systems. Okay. And so there'll be a bunch of new products out there and every one of them will be to increase the ESG score. Mm -hmm. If we can raise the approval of the ESG with each product so that you're not creating an environmental footprint, then the ESG score for, for the individual companies will go up. And so we'll be the only force feed divider block company in the world that has, had, that has addressed ESG. So who's a good
1: candidate to come to your training center and get a, a first Hand view of what's going on and what you discovered?
0: You know, the end users can come, the operators, the mechanics can come. Who we need to come to this training center are the people that can make the calls, the people that can say, we need to do this. I've seen this firsthand. And then so the directors of these companies, the engineers of these companies, uh, whether they be compressor engineers or director for a whole region. If they want to keep their compressors up and they want to reduce their oil consumption, the, the major players of the uh, contract compression companies are the people that need to come see this. Because, quite candidly, if an operator or a mechanic comes in and says, Hey, I saw where this loop system wasn't putting an amount of oil in here in Curtis's training class, that's going to go in one ear and out the other. Right? Because, oh, he's just trying to sell something. But if they'll come witness it, then it's gonna go straight to their brain and they're gonna go, wait a minute, we've got a problem. So and we invite anybody to just call me, set up an appointment, come and see this, because it doesn't take all day. They can come in for a day, we can we can prove it right there in front of their eyes and, and they can walk off and go, Wow.
1: When do you suspect this the, the, the technology I saw today? When is that gonna be out and readily available?
0: You know, we have we have designed these products. In-house, we can go out on any compressor and and prove that the lube systems are not working correctly. And so now we've got it all designed and everything's programmed. Then uh, we're looking for a contract manufacturer to manufacture these things in bulk.
1: So in the meantime, if someone out there is listening to this and they're having issues, whatever rings, packing, they're just, you know, wear in different spots and they just can't figure it out. Can they just reach out to you and say, would you come out here and and set your equipment up and test this for us?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Once they see it on site on one of their running compressors, then they go, we can't deny that. And everyone, every company that we have done this for has said, come back and put a loop system on here and balance our systems and show us that." so that we can get more longevity out of our compressors. Not one, every one that we put a system on. Every one that we went out and talked to has said, we see exactly what you're talking about. You've just proven it to us. Fix it.
1: I can't imagine the amount of money that you can save over the life of those. A-
0: it's astronomical. And yeah. oil consumption alone, if they want to reduce oil consumption, they can probably go anywhere from 20 to 40% reduction in their oil consumption. And that's hundreds of millions of dollars a year. So get the loop system right, balance it, then you can start saving money. It's, it's the people can't ignore it, but they can't rebut it because they're gonna have to embrace that this is happening. But the big thing for me is I want them to come see for themselves. Mm-hmm. Once they see for themselves, then they're gonna go back and go, this is true. But then, whenever we go out on site and prove it on their compressors and they see it for themselves, visually see the amount of oil going into an injection point and how they're not getting the amount of oil that the system's been designed for is whenever the proof is there.
1: I mean, there's nothing to lose for a company to do this because if you came came out there and hooked up your stuff and and it turned out like everything's working like it's supposed to be, then okay, go on about your business. Mm -hmm. But if it's not you can fix it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And what they're going to find out, it's not. And, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you know what? I've been doing this since 1975. And it shocked me more than anybody because now I've, Everything I've told people for all those previous years is not true, but we didn't have the technology to test and prove it. We do now, so.
1: Well, I just, I just don't think there's any reason for people not to reach out to you and say, hey, come test our compressors or come down to the training center and see for themselves what I got to see today. It was, uh, It's pretty cool and pretty eye-opening.
0: Well, we have one of our distributors, Bill Spitzer and Associates in Houston, Texas, now I'm going to, uh, they're going to have one of our prototype DPSS monitors where they can actually go out to their customers and show them. And so we've got two different companies now that can show this. And, uh, of course, as soon as we get these uh, DPSS monitors made in, in bulk, then what I would like for you to do is to take one at your facility, and then if someone brings something in and it's just torn up that you just Mm machine just spray the the cylinder Mm -hmm. and it seems as though it's dry then go out and put it on there because it only takes about 45 minutes to hook this thing up and it immediately tells you how much oil is going in there and you're not you're not seeing anything bad what you're doing is you're helping that customer keep their compressor running longer Mm -hmm. and online more reliable and so the longevity and the reward is for everyone.
1: Yeah. Well, I just, I really enjoyed spending some time out here and you are a man on a mission. <laughs> and uh, I, I hope that uh, this is a wake up call to at least start looking at this. I mean, let people come in and see for themselves. Let them come put your system and test it on. on let you Put your system on theirs and test it. And hopefully we can start getting longer run times. We can stop running into all of these maintenance issues and we can start doing some pre-planning instead of just fixing crashes.
0: You're exactly right. Let me just say contract compression companies have a maintenance program. They have maintenance interval spares that the OEMs suggest we need for you to replace the packing now and the rods now and the rings now and so on at 8,000, 16,000, 32,000. But the interesting thing is there's not one OEM out there that says you need to change your divider block system at 8,000 hours to ensure you have the correct amount of oil going there or 16,000 hours or even 32,000 hours. The maintenance interval in spares and suggested for maintenance on the lubrication systems, they push out to six years or 48,000 hours. Now, why would you not replace the only piece on that compressor that keeps the rings, rods, packing and cylinder running and the longevity and the reliability of them, why would you wait six years to replace that? See see there's there's a shortcoming of of our industry, but that will change. In twenty twenty three we're going to be upgrading systems and people will learn that the live the longevity of their compressors could be amazingly more than what they are.
1: Well, I'm excited to see what happens and y'all know how to find Curtis just google patent lubrication systems or find Curtis on LinkedIn reach out to him he is all over the place so just reach out to him and and uh, and connect with him so he can he can help uh, get the word out
0: well thank you for taking time to come here because uh it's been a pleasure showing you all of this and uh, kudos to you because you wanted to learn yeah
1: no I, I, this is a great education so. well
0: Michael, you're doing the industry a great service by interviewing and bringing up problems and fixes that the the compressor industry has. So thank you. You're welcome.
1: And I look forward to doing it again.
0: Okie doke. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
1: This episode is brought to you by Disco. That stands for Diversified Industrial Services Company. We recondition and repair gas compressor cylinders and all their components, as well as rotary screw compressors. If you're looking for a top-notch partner for compressor repair needs, then give us a call 806-274-2214 or visit us online at disco-inc.com.